What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Thanks, everybody. Please have a seat. Sit down. You're very nice. Thank you very much. Welcome. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Hey, quick question. Quick question, a little poll in the room. Uh, anybody remember two days ago when I came out here and told you that Katanji Brown-Jackson had made it out of the ca- Judiciary Committee and was definitely, definitely going to be America's first black female Supreme Court justice, and we all went, woo! That was fun. <laughs> Want to do that again? Yeah! Well... This afternoon, the U.S. Senate voted to confirm Katanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court, making her America's first black female justice. Oh, woo! That's nice. That's nice. That feels good. Very nice. That is nice. That is... She is a justice so nice, we wooed her twice. Here's the moment history was made. On this vote, the yeas are 53, the nays are 47, and this nomination is confirmed. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the newest member of the United States Supreme Court, Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, is what I will be saying in a few months when she's actually sworn in. It's a long process. We'll woo again. Uh, President Biden seemed to understand the history of the moment. Shortly afterward, the White House released this photo of the president and the next justice of the Supreme Court sharing a hug. It's a very touching moment. You know, it was, it was really beautiful. You know, taking that moment to recognize it. Mm-hmm. It, reminded, it was reminiscent of when Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed and the former president helped him do a keg stand. <laughs> not, e- not easy at his age. Not easy at all. It's worth, you know... Impressive. That wasn't the only positive news from Capitol Hill, because today we learned that Speaker Nancy Pelosi has tested positive for COVID-19. Get well soon, Madam Speaker. Please stay home, drink lots of fluids, and let Chuck Schumer go straight to voicemail. (laughs) Nancy, it's Chuck again. I wanted to make sure you got the cheesecakes I sent over, because nothing deals with phlegm like a thick New York Junior's cheesecake. Okay, how do I turn off the call? You know what? I'm just gonna bring you with me into the bathroom. Too much cheesecake. Now, everybody's wondering if Pelosi might have transmitted to other people after she was infected, including those other people, might be the president. But the White House said that Biden tested negative last night and was not considered a close contact of Pelosi. Really, not a close contact. Because yesterday, when she was there for a bill signing, she was right next to the president. And on Tuesday, Pelosi and the president gave each other a couple of kisses on the cheek. Evidently, the White House is not considered a close contact unless there's tongue. (laughs) FDR started that. FDR started that, yeah. (laughs) Pelosi is just the latest case among Washington's elite 
At least 14 attendees of Saturday's Gridiron Club dinner have tested positive for COVID, including the communications director to Vice President Kamala Harris, Representative Adam Schiff, Representative Joaquin Castro, Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, and Attorney General Merrick Garland. Okay, that proves Mitch McConnell is worse than a disease, because at least COVID was willing to meet with Merrick Garland. Big news. Sure. Why not? Big news from the United Nations this afternoon. The UN General Assembly voted to suspend Russia's membership in the UN Human Rights Council. Okay. Okay. Suspension. Okay. That sounds right. You know what sounds wrong? Russia was on the Human Rights Council. And if you think that's a little too little, a little too late, you're not alone. So does Pope Francis, seen here freestyling under the name <laughs> Funkmaster Faith. <laughs> this week, Il Papa had some harsh words for the UN, saying, in the ongoing war in Ukraine, we witness the impotence of the International Organization of the United Nations. It's never a good sign when the celibate guy calls you impotent. <laughs> this is weird. This, this, is, this is weird. Or when the Catholic Church says, you guys are moving too slowly. <laughs> this is a bit of a weird news. Yesterday, the FBI arrested two men accused of impersonating federal officers who claimed they were, quote, special police. Oh, you got to watch out for those special police. I learned all about them in this disturbing true crime documentary. You don't have anything sharp on you that I can stick myself with, do you? No. Good. Because I do. Those women are terrified. <laughs> now, nobody knows what these fake feds were planning, but they were clearly up to no good. They allegedly used the disguise to get closer to members of federal law enforcement, including a U.S. Secret Service agent. Okay, that's scary. That's why I've always said we need an agency to protect the Secret Service. The secret... Secret Service Service. <laughs> There were aviators over their aviators, and they talk into both wrists. <laughs> to cozy up to law enforcement, these no-good nicks provided members of the Secret Service with gifts such as iPhones, surveillance systems, a drone, and a flat-screen television. And the Secret Service just took them? <laughs> Aren't these guys supposed to be on guard 24-7? I will jump in front of a bullet to protect this nation. What's that? A flat-screen Samsung? <laughs> Get in here! You want to see the Oval Office? Here's the key. Take a look around while I watch TBS. Ooh, in the line of fire is on. <laughs> Malkovich can do it all. <laughs> so, how did... No, please. Please. <laughs> Malkovich fans. So, how did these guys fool everyone? Well, the duo of masterminds used an SUV equipped with emergency lights they identified as their official DHS vehicle and wore tactical gear with police emblazoned on their clothing. Clearly a highly sophisticated operation. They had access to iron-on technology, <laughs> plus the credentials proving that they were female body inspectors. <laughs> now, th these two aren't the only knuckleheads in trouble with the law. I'll catch you up on a few more in tonight's Seditionist Roundup Roundup. I will see you in court, you bastards.
First up in today's roundup is Capital Rioter and guy trying to sell you a bag of oregano at the drum circle. <laughs> Samuel Fisher. When Fisher was arrested two weeks after the Capitol attacks, the FBI found over a thousand rounds of ammunition, an illegally modified AR-15 rifle, and machetes in his Upper East Side apartment and car. That is insane. He has a car in New York City. <laughs> that, though, I guess, I suppose. I guess it is easier to find parking when you keep a machete on the dash. <laughs> Next up on the roundup, insurrectionist and thoughtful dinner party guest, Jason Riddle. This week, Riddle was sentenced to 90 days in jail after breaking into the office of the Senate parliamentarian, chugging that bottle of wine and also stealing a book. Well, if he wanted wine and books, he could have avoided the jail and just showed up to your Aunt Rita's house Tuesdays at 7 p.m. This week, they're doing Where the Crawdads Sing. Now, this isn't the first time I've mentioned Mr. Riddle on the show. I also talked about his wine-swilling book-swiping last year, and he remembers that I did, because at his sentencing, Riddle called out members of the media, including late-night host Stephen Colbert, <laughs> who he claimed called me an enemy of the state to a booing crowd. Okay, that is not true. That's not true. I did not call him an enemy of the state. That was the segue into the Roundup Roundup. I actually called him this. First up in the roundup, New Hampshire native and guy teaching a cryptocurrency class from his mom's basement. <laughs> Jason Riddle. I'm sorry, so let me correct that. New Hampshire native and guy teaching cryptocurrency class from jail. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Comedian Pete Holmes is here, but when we come back, are aliens impregnating us? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John, I'm talking to uh, 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 the wonderful poet uh, Elizabeth Alexander will be out That's here a right. little bit later to talk about her, her new book. And, uh, but, but first, uh, Pete Holmes, wonderful comedian Pete Holmes will be out here in just a moment. He's got the new show called How We Roll here on CBS, the, the, the Tiffany Broadcasting Network here. Mm -hmm. Folks, if you watch the show, you know I love space. It's fascinating, it's mysterious, it's eternal. They let you pee in a vacuum. <laughs> if anything goes wrong with that, it's good that no one can hear you scream. <laughs> and I'd like to tell you all about the latest off-Earth developments in my long-running segment, Space News. First up... <laughs> First up on Space News... Space health! <laughs> the latest research has found that space lettuce could help astronauts avoid bone loss. Here's, here's, why, uh, here's why they're doing it. 
Astronauts can lose up to 1% of their bone mass per month in space. So researchers created an experimental strain of lettuce that produces a medication that contains a fragment of human parathyroid hormone peptide, which helps stimulate bone growth. Hold the phone, Chuck. You found a way to make food produce bone juice, but the food you chose to do that with was lettuce? <laughs> Great news, astronauts. We've created snacks that stop your bones from dissolving. We were going to go with nachos and then chocolate chip cookies. And then we were like, space flight should be boring. <laughs> Next up, Hubble Telescope News. <laughs> Last week, the Hubble Telescope saw the most distant star ever. I thought we already knew what the most distant star was. Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Let us love you, Joker. <laughs> the star uh, could be between 50 to 500 times more massive than our sun and millions of times brighter. So anyone orbiting that star will require a sunscreen with SPF Conan. <laughs> Here's the... Here's the best bit. The lead author of the paper describing the star's discovery has called it Erendil, which means morning star in Old English. Okay, but more importantly, it also inspired the name of Tolkien's great half-elven mariner, Erendil, son of Tuor and Princess Idril, daughter of Turgon and father of Elros and Elrond, who voyaged to Valinor and treated the Valar on behalf of the children of Iluvatar and was sentenced to undying doom to carry a Silmaril bound to his forehead as a star and sail across the sky in his great ship Vingalot until the end of days in the Dagor Dagoroth. NASA, return my calls. There was no jokes in any of that. <laughs> Finally, unexpected alien phenomena. Is this your card? In the future, can we make the alien move instead of me? My name's on the building. There's an explosive... There's an explosive new report out, and my Fox News colleague, Brett Baer, has the story. Brett? A just-uncovered Defense Department summary of UFO-induced effects ranging from abduction and paralysis to electrical shocks and even sexual encounters is shocking the world tonight. Now, word of caution here. The Defense Department summary that Brett uh, is talking about is an actual Pentagon report released via Freedom of Information Act request to one source and one source only, also owned by Rupert Murdoch, the notorious British tabloid, The Sun. <laughs> so this is a bit like if instead of the New York Times, the Pentagon papers were instead printed on a bathroom stall. <laughs> but even that being said, the report's pretty shocking. Pilots tracking unidentified objects, balls of light suspended over the ocean, UFOs chasing warships, all part of a growing body of sightings of UAPs. Now comes something even more explosive, a 1,500-page Pentagon report of previously classified documents cataloging accounts from witnesses and victims claiming radiation burns, brain damage, even paralysis after close encounters with UAPs. 
oh my God, these aliens are so advanced, they're from a 1950s B movie. They've achieved hot glued pie plate technology. And Fox News reporting on these real shocking things while tossing in fake B roll didn't end there. The report says humans have been injured from exposure to UFOs, from abductions at perceived time loss to sexual encounters. How come when they say sexual encounters, it's an alien hand twiddling a lady's wristwatch? <laughs> their tech may be super advanced, but their foreplay needs serious work. You like that, baby? You like that? Is this what you humans call sex o'clock? The little hand is on the five. Do you want to know where the big hand is? <laughs> Even more alarming is what these sexual encounters can lead to. From abductions at perceived time loss to sexual encounters and unexplained pregnancies. Now, that might look like stock footage of a pregnant woman, but Jimmy, can we pull out? Aha! <laughs> The mother is the alien. You didn't see that twist coming, did you? M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> no, I meant the camera come closer, not you applaud, but I'll take your pity applause. I'll take pity applause anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. Well, I find all of this shocking and stunning in that it is a major step back for UFO reporting. For the last two years, this is true, we've been shown footage like this and told by the U.S. government officials, yup, this stuff is actually real and we have no idea what it is because it's sure not ours and it's way too advanced to be the Chinese or the Russians. Then here comes Fox News with an explosive report featuring a glitchy screensaver and a Polaroid of a Frisbee on a fishing line. <laughs> Next, they're covering the latest breakthroughs in microsurgery with this footage. It takes a steady hand because if you touch the side... We'll be right back. Next, Pete Holmes. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. My first guest tonight is a comedian you know from HBO's Crashing and his podcast, You Made It Weird. He now stars in the new CBS sitcom, How We Roll. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Pete Holmes. Hi, Steven. You're always fun to talk to. You're we always a, a delight. I like your handshake. It was firm. Really? Authoritative. Thanks, but not aggressive. Welcoming. Yeah. Not too dry. Mm -hmm. You were scheduled to appear on the show a few weeks ago, and yeah. I was disappointed and then concerned yeah. to find out, uh, maybe concerned first, that find out that you had COVID. COVID-19. Yeah, that's... <laughs> at, that's one of the very yeah. popular ones. Very popular heard, ones. You've, you've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, it's very contagious. I don't know if you... I think I got yeah. it from an email attachment. Mm. Um, <laughs> you're a good crowd. Mm. 
Uh, but don't worry, it, it, was, it was very mild. If my COVID was a salsa, uh, pico de gallo. Right. You know, too heavy to pick up with a chip, but it, it wasn't too bad. Mm -hmm. But my whole family got it. We just wanted to do something as a family. <laughs> but <laughs> so you, it, one child, right? One, one baby, yes. One baby. A three-and-a-half-year-old. And she was fine. She's absolutely fine. fine. But personally, with COVID, I, I'm over it. I, I really followed COVID when it first came out. All the news, sure. all the tweets, everything. Mm -hmm. But as soon as it started breaking off into variants, I'm like, I'm out. It's like I watched all of Big Bang Theory. I'm not watching Young Sheldon. Do you know what I mean? I want to remind you. We're on CBS. We're on CBS. <laughs> wait, We're wait. all watching Young Sheldon, Yes, aren't that's we? right. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Do, I wish I had my phone. I'd start watching Young Sheldon right now. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're feeling okay? I'm feeling great, yeah. The, the quarantine was a little rough. I got a little soft. Yeah? You know. Yeah? Eating. Eating my feelings. Okay. What's your, what's why, your, what's your you most soothing? Being so quiet, like I'm the only one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No one went to Ben and Jerry for their comfort? <laughs> Liars! You know you're in trouble when you, when you open a pint of ice cream and you throw the lid away? <laughs> you won't need you anymore. Where we're going, we don't need lids. The last time we were here together, which was a long time ago, it was yeah, three it was. years or something ago. Yeah. Now your your baby was a baby at the yeah. time. Not a not a, still a toddler, three and a half. Still yeah, a toddler. she toddles. She's still a toddler. She's doing some toddling. How by the how do you like the three the the threes as opposed to the twos? Because people say terrible twos, and but those are people who have never had a three year old. Well, they say three nager. Have you heard three nager? I have not heard three nager. Because we spend so much time with my daughter in quarantine, I really do think she torments us because she's bored. She knows we love her unconditionally. Sure, like a dog you won't walk. <laughs> we also have one of those. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as you have a baby, the dog's like, well, I'm <laughs> It's completely out. Mm -hmm. This was unscripted. Yes. You could give him the lid to the ice cream. He'll feel better. Here, like this a frisbee. Is your, here, this is, this is yours. Or a UFO. I watched... Look, what? I watched the first comedy act. I'll watch it later. I, that was... <laughs> That was actually the second act of the show, but oh, if you sorry. think that was the first comedy act, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things that you said, one of the things that you said three years ago was that having a, a child was a great way to avoid socializing. Yeah. Now that she's a little bigger, are you still using this excuse? Or is it st still helpful? Well, it's hard going out because we were all inside for so long. Yeah. I, I think we're all relearning how to be in public. Like, yeah. I, I was recently noticing, like, think about this for the first time. We all have group mode. Like, right now, you and I are in group mode because we're together. Right, and there's a group. And there's a group. But then you also have solo mode. Like, as yeah. soon as I walk back to my hotel, earbuds in, hoodie up, you know, like in Manhattan, you move like a piece of data. Like you're an assassin. Like an assassin, exactly. exactly. Thank you. What I noticed is everybody has group mode, solo mode, and what happened recently was I got to watch someone go from group mode to solo mode in real time. How do you see someone go to solo mode if you're there? I'm telling you. You know, don't blow holes in my premise <laughs> as I'm going into it. You're a trained comedian. I'm your guest. Help me shine! <laughs> Thank you, John! That's show business. Support, glitter, sparkle. Go on. Thank you, I will. I saw someone go into mostly solo mode in real time. Okay. I, I was on an elevator, not okay. to brag. 
I was on an elevator and I was alone. So, you know, you go to the corner, I had my earbuds in, I pushed the button and I'm going up. And then four guys, four loud guys get on. They're in group mode. Sure. And they're being really loud. They're laughing and they're pushing this one guy. I think they were talking about Chipotle because they kept calling him double beans. They were like, yeah, this guy gets double beans. And he was like, what can I say? I love a legume. And they're being really, really loud. Mm. I'm in solo mode, so I'm just standing in the corner like a statue. They're in group mode and they're moving around. But then, Steven, yeah. we get to a certain floor. Three of the guys get off. Double beans stays back. <laughs> it was one of the best things I've ever seen in the wild. He, got, he was still in group mode as they were leaving. The doors are closing. He's like, all right, guys, Chipotle tomorrow. Chips on me. And then the doors close, and he's like. Then his floor came, he was like, have a pleasant day. I'm like, you don't fool me! You're double beans! From earlier! I was really moved by that performance just now. Yeah. That was really well done. You know what I like about it? What? Someone's gonna make it a meme. We have to take a quick break. But when we come back, I will ask Pete Holmes about whether he sees a crossover between his spirituality and his comedy. I bet he's got a good answer. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Holmes, let's talk about your show. My show is called How We Roll. How do we roll? How do we roll? Pete this Holmes. is how we roll. Yeah? Well, it's a bowling pun. No, I understand. I understand. You're a pro bowler yes. in this. I'm a, bowl, I'm a yeah. pro bowler. I'm a guy who gets laid off. This is how life works. Things that we don't want, that we never expect, happen. Yes. But then we end up sometimes using that opportunity to go for it. And that's what Tom Smallwood did in real life. I play Tom Wait, this is based on a real guy? It's a real guy, Tom Smallwood. He decides to be a pro bowler be yes. for his job? Yes. Pretty similar to my story. I became a comedian after I got divorced. And I, I thought you would think that was interesting cosmically. Because it's often these things that we don't expect that we would never want. Joseph Campbell says the treasure you want is in the cave you're afraid to go. And that I find is true. That's how energy seems to work. Why would you change, as Father Richard Rohr said, why would you change if things are working? Human beings only change when there's disruption. And that's what I found very true about the story. It's also very, very funny. It's also about family. And people keep telling me that they cried during the pilot, like emotionally cried, which is strange because it gave me pleasure. I'm like, am I a sociopath? <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. But I'm happy that it touched them because I'm very proud of it. Oh, that's nice. Sure. What night? Thursday night. It's on Thursday tonight. night yeah, at 8.30. It was just on, so go on Paramount Plus. 8.30? 9.30. Oh, okay. 9.30. 8.30, what, we don't know. We don't know what's We're on at 8.30. <laughs> Maybe nothing. Nine is ghosts. Yeah. Eight, I think they show the rehearsal of this show. It was quality. It was qu They're milking you, Stephen. The what? They're milking you. Uh, well, that's when them teats are for. <laughs> that's not... We stopped... We stopped filming this a long time ago. 
show business is fake. It's a prop. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. I got a question for you. We had, um, do you know, do you know the, the, the lady Dua Lipa? Yeah. The, the star? Yeah. Dua Lipa, make them dance. When she come on, everybody looking for a dance floor to run on. Well, Dua Lipa, you know that song? Yeah, you know, yeah Levitating? Sure. sure, sure. One is many. Uh... Da Baby, Da Baby, uh, fe uh, Levitating, featuring Da Baby. I Dua wish Lipa. you hadn't said that. That's my Netflix password, but yes, keep going. Da Baby. The whole da thing, all actually. These. All caps. She, when, she, when she was on, when she was on recently, she asked me a question that I thought maybe I I'd this. ask you. Yeah. You saw this? I, so you know, what I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to ask you? Yeah. Because she, she said, uh, and you and I have talked about uh, uh, religion. You, you, you gave me the Universal Christ, yes. uh, a Father Roar's book. Yes. And she asked me, do your faith and your comedy ever overlap, and does one ever win out? Yeah, and I loved your answer, and people did forward it to me because I love spiritual things, and I love when you talk about spiritual things. Okay. I always like to clarify, like, I don't, I don't believe in an old man in the sky. That's where I like to start. I believe in a metaphor for a mystery that absolutely transcends all categories of human thought, including being and non-being. That's Joseph Campbell's definition. Uh, my daughter's name is Leela, and Leela is a term from both Hinduism and Buddhism, and it means the dance or the play of the universe. It's actually really helpful because her name is Leela. So if you're saying, like, please go to bed, Leela, you remember. Because you use it in a sentence, you'd say, relax, it's a Leela. This is a Leela. Don't take it too seriously. So to me, comedy and faith are, are intertwined because it puts distance between us and what's happening. Do you understand? Our boy, JC, said, who gains a minute of his life by worrying, right? Sure. So to me, joking reminds us that nothing essential to us is out there. Sure. So let's laugh at it because who you really are was never born, will never die, and it can't be harmed. So everything can be made fun of, and that's Leela. That's the dance, that's the play. So to me... This is Lila. That's beautiful. <laughs> Pete Holmes, everybody. Coming up, poet Elizabeth Alexander. Late Show Pond Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. My next guest is a best-selling author, poet, and scholar who has written a new collection of essays, The Trayvon Generation. Please welcome to The Late Show, Elizabeth Alexander. Like, like a lot of people, I first got to know you and of you from the occasional poem you did at <laughs> President Obama's inaugural in 2009. It was, um... <laughs> praise song for the day. Praise yes. song for the day. You, you, you have a, a new book. It's a, it's a collection of essays titled The Trayvon Generation. And February 26th marked the 10th anniversary of Trayvon Martin's killing. And... Given the amount of uh, violence there has been against black people in the United States and marginalization, what is it about this event, about this death, that marks a generation to you? Well, what, what is, I think, very important to understand about this generation of young people who I call the Trayvon generation is that though racist violence against black people, against people of color, is as old as the country itself, this acceleration of police violence and of violence and murder that is captured on cell phones, 
that our young people grew up with a diet of seeing over and over and over again, repeated violations that made them understand not only their own embodiment, but their vulnerability and the specter of race as an unresolved American problem that we haven't yet figured out. And so I think that for these young folks, my kids, your kids, you know, kids in this generation, I want to understand how they find their joy, their freedom, their expression, their righteousness, their politics, when they know that it is a dangerous world for them. The The, the book includes many, many examples of, of, of poetry, of visual art, and, and music inspired mm -hmm. by the struggle against racism. And as a poet, I'm curious, what, what works of art in here speak to you the most? Well, I've included work by... I wanted it to be a conversation. So it's my words with the words of the great Lucille Clifton, Gwendolyn Brooks, Natasha Trethewey, our great visual artists, Elizabeth Catlett, Lorna Simpson, Glenn Ligon, so many others, weaving with my words to try to sort of light the way forward in this book, because I don't think that words alone can do it, actually. Is, is there anything particular? I would love it if you'd read something that I would particularly love. speaks to this moment Absolutely. Of, this, of the Trayvon generation, as you described. Um, well, this is a poem by um, the great uh, Lucille Clifton, and I wanted to read it also because it is set at a plantation in South Carolina. Which, and, which plantation? Uh, Walnut Grove. And so I don't know if, you know, I've heard you talk about the way in which, you know, visits to these plantations were not taught as places where human beings were enslaved and labored for the benefit of until others. Until just recently, at least the ones that were around where I grew up as a child, until recently, was hardly ever talked about. And so what Clifton is doing is saying, let's remember who walked this earth. Her words are, are better than mine. So this is at the cemetery Walnut Grove Plantation, South Carolina, 1989. Among the rocks at Walnut Grove, your silence drumming in my bones. Tell me your names. Nobody mentioned slaves, and yet the curious tools shine with your fingerprints. Nobody mentioned slaves, but somebody did this work, who had no guide, no stone, who molders under rock. Tell me your names. Tell me your bashful names, and I will testify. The inventory lists 10 slaves, but only men were recognized. Among the rocks at Walnut Grove, some of these honored dead were dark. Some of these dark were slaves. Some of these slaves were women. Some of them did this honored work. Tell me your names, foremothers, brothers. Tell me your dishonored names. Here lies, here lies, here lies, here lies, here. So that's Lucille Clifton. The things that strikes me about a piece of art that can reach across a, a, a culture, a society, between two people who don't know each other, is this commonality, this common human experience. Mm -hmm. And that being alive itself is a struggle. And then how strange it is to be anything at all is something that we're always experiencing. Mm -hmm. And what do you imagine, as someone who's written about this, who's curated other people's writing about this, what do you imagine is the value that some people see in racial division? Because it seems like a great loss, not only for those who suffer it, but in some ways for the people who practice it, because they lose their own humanity. What, what is the value, what is the coin of that realm? 
Well, I mean, that's a very profound question, and I completely agree with you. I mean, I think that actually um, the profounder loss is the humanity of human beings who would demean or enslave others, who would believe the mythology. I mean, you know, I talk about um, some of the Confederate monuments and, and the mythology, the mythology that the war went a different way than it did. What would it mean, Toni Morrison asked these questions, you know, to have been told and believe you were a superior being and to somehow discover that you weren't, you know? So I think that, you know, to have a mentality of society as being not a zero-sum game, but rather there is enough soup for everybody. You know, half of your sandwich, you can have my sandwich. <laughs> I think that if we operated in that way and also if we told the truth about history. You know, as you know, I was a professor <laughs> for many years. And, you know, te teaching African-American studies uh, to mixed uh, classrooms and, and hearing so often, why wasn't I taught that? Why was that kept from me? I didn't know. You know, you have to teach people the truth. We can hold it, we human beings. We can hold complexity, we can hold contradiction, we can hold grief and joy at the same time. We need to honor that possibility within us. We have it within us. I want to ask you one more question before you go, and that's, that's about your, your poem at the 2009 inauguration. It's a praise song of, uh, for the day. It ends on an uplifting note. It says, in today's sharp sparkle, this winter air, anything can be made, any sentence begun, on the brink, on the brim, on the cusp, praise song for walking forward in that light. And now, 13 years later, does that still feel true to you? Well, I think that, you know, we have been through some harrowing times in the last years. You know, we have gone from a moment, I think, of, of tremendous uh, hope and possibility and of people coming together to make a positive change happen to a period of time where misogyny, racism, violent language were the order of the day. Uh, I think that what we have come to see is that our precious democracy, our precious voting rights, our precious, you know, uh, organization of ourselves as community is something that cannot be counted on and guaranteed. You know, we just saw, uh, you know, a terrible spectacle in the Senate, uh, watching a, a truly great woman, uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, go through the confirmation process. But I think what we saw there is the power of her light, her intelligence, her focus. And even in the darkness, I, I stay optimistic. That doesn't mean I stay foolish, <laughs> but uh, I think that I, I'm always looking for the light, and I think that even when history and art teach us what is challenging and difficult, what makes it art is that it has light in it, and that light is what comes from human beings. Well, it was lovely to see you again. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, 
Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.